All right, gentlemen, should we not get started? Sure. Let's go. talk about loki now and uh i think that after that well there's more things that we could review but uh maybe we should get back to a regular episode as opposed to just making this the the well i mean it's summer blockbuster season so we do a, we review a lot of things but in any case we'll figure that out later we're gonna talk about loki um standard rules apply we will try to not spoil things and then we will spoil the heck out of things uh but first of course we have i think a signal boost two one or two uh <laughs> right so, um, I'll go with mine. Mine is uh, for Modifius Entertainment, uh, the people who brought me, who sent me the Fallout uh, role-playing game. As uh, anybody who's in a, who's listening on our War Never Changes series, um, we now have a tabletop version of that. We should do a, a game review of that at some point. Neil, I'd be down. So, I do believe that's the same company that does the custom Vampire Fifth Edition dice, right? I believe so, and I think this one has. Uh, specific dice that are still on the way. I got the. I think I got the game. The game master kit. So. Cool, nice. So it helps that it's based off of GURPS. So, um, <laughs> 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 like, I mean, the original Fallout was based off of GURPS, so it's not exactly going to be too hard, I would think, to build a game engine around something that's built off of a tabletop game engine. Right. And what do you have, Mike? GURPS is that generic urban role playing system? That's actually the generic universal. 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 Okay, I was close. You can play anything in GURPS as long as you're willing to do the math. I was thinking of like D20 Modern or something. Yeah, U is for universal. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, mine's pretty simple. I just uh, kind of stumbled across it after uh, watching some Marvel stuff. There's a series of behind-the-scenes um, featurettes that are around an hour or so on all the Marvel series now. So you've got, uh, it's called Assembled, and uh, it's got the uh, the episodes in order of the show's release. You've got WandaVision and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki. Cool insights and good behind-the-scenes footage and such. And I have nothing at all. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> other than other than things that I uh, that I've mentioned before, uh, my my uh, world record 100% NES uh, run of spiritual warfare still hasn't been validated on speedrun.com, and I'm starting to get a little irritated about that. It's been like two weeks, <laughs> right? But I am the world record holder, even if it hasn't been validated. No one <laughs> opposes me, therefore I win. So. Um, <laughs> You're running unopposed. Speed running unopposed. And I actually plan on improving that run. Uh, probably, probably gonna do that on Sunday. Make an, do another run. Try and uh, try and beat my PB, which shouldn't be hard because man, was I shaking the cobwebs off that first run. But uh, did you say that there weren't other scores? Not for the 100% category. Um, Maybe that's why they're being so uh, lackadaisical about validating. So what yeah, game was this? I mean, it takes it can take one to three weeks. Uh, so there's an NES game. Um, made by Wisdom Tree Inter- Entertainment called Spiritual Warfare, wherein you play a semi-literal soldier of God uh, because you run around and you throw the fruits of the spirit at, uh, at non-believers to convert them, and it ends with you descending into hell and fighting Satan. After putting on, of course, the full armor of God. Armor. Yeah, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, gospel of the peace, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, shield of faith. Wow. 
It is a game that is uh, that was released both on the NES and the and the Sega Genesis. The Sega Genesis actually has more runs than the NES version. Um, and it's a game I had when I was uh, when I was growing up. And it is a video game that has that is far far better than it has any right to be. Like it was made by Wisdom Tree Entertainment, which don't exactly make great games. Um, the other game, the, the other game that you might know from Wisdom Tree was the SNES game Super Noah's Ark 3D, which was a Doom clone. <laughs> what was it? It was a Doom clone. Mm. You ran around feeding goats uh, with slingshots and then better slingshots <laughs> instead of shooting demons. <laughs> That's that's very weird considering Doom has like all that demonic iconography and stuff. So I know. Of, you know, Christian types didn't like it. Yeah, no, it was it was a big it was like the 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 uh the uh the conservative uh Christian uh sect was no fan of Doom. Um Wonder why. I I don't know, you're going around killing the demons. Right? Yeah, right. I was going to say, like, it's not like you open the gate, you're just dealing with it. Yeah, no, you're right. just killing demons. All hell literally breaks loose, and you're just trying to fix the dang thing. Right? <laughs> it's like a interdimensional janitor with a lot of firepower, in a way. Yeah. But, uh, and they also made a game, they also made a, a three-game uh, uh, combination on the NES called, uh, it had, called, it was the game was called King of Kings, and uh, it had a uh, game where you played as the wise men traveling to Bethlehem, a uh, game where you played as uh, as uh, Joseph and Mary uh, fleeing to Egypt, and then Joseph and Mary trying to return to Jerusalem to find a uh, 12-year-old Jesus at the temple. And for people who don't know what the heck we're talking about, it's uh, it's Christian games. As far as dungeons go, it's never going to get better than Chex Quest. This is true. Chex Quest is very easily the best Doom clone. But yeah, I I, I speed ran uh, Spiritual Warfare. I'm wanting to get it to be to a good enough point where I can maybe take it to uh, Games Done Quick and speed run it in front of a crowd of thousands to millions and uh, and uh, you know raise money for charity with it because it's a, it is a good game despite how how bizarre the 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 despite how bizarre the uh the premise is um <laughs> yeah i mean it kind of like it kind of sounds like just kind of a grab bag of like like they're making it up as they went along it's like all right well this is pretty fun what do you do now uh put on some armor all right cool uh <laughs> descend into hell fight satan why not sure it's it's <laughs> it plays a lot like a zelda game yeah <laughs> Uh, and I have legitimate fond, uh, fondness for it. So, <laughs> well, um, that's that's really all. Um, spoiler of the of the episode. By the way, you're all welcome. As of recording this, I just put out two episodes at the same time because I was behind, and I finally put together enough spoons to get those episodes out. Right. Um, but uh, spoiler of of the episode. Loki is in this series. You'll have to watch it. You'll have to watch it to figure out why. That's a spoiler. This, this one has layers. <laughs> like an onion or a parfait. Actually, this one has lines. Well, I mean, yeah, it's got Loki in it. So one thing I noticed that I that I think was really kind of interesting, um, Tom Hiddleston was also the executive producer for this for the show. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. So apparently he really wanted to keep playing Loki. <laughs> right? 
because he threw because the executive producer is responsible for securing funding and usually throws a fair a fairly large amount of money at it themselves. I mean, that's a combination of a gig that is fun as fuck and being the ultimate meal ticket. So why not? Yeah, right. Because true. the producer also gets the gets a bunch of of the profits out of that. Oh yes, they do. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a simple case of leverage, my dear friends. Who mm-hmm. is going to be interested in a Loki show where Tom Hiddleston is not Loki? Right. Pretty much nobody. That's who. That's true. <laughs> She's like, sure, I'll I'll do your I'll do your gig. I'll reprise the role under these conditions, and then the Loki fingers start to steep. Yep, under these conditions. And God I... knows you got to play hardball with fucking Disney anymore. Am I right? Right. There's been a oh, lot God. of brouhaha in the news about them uh, kind of stiffen their actors with the the way the um the, the like profit sharing stuff works vis a vis movie releases and uh, streaming releases and stuff. Well, and pr- prior to that, I mean, they have the whole thing with uh, with with writers. Um, is it uh, Alan Dean Foster or somebody that they basically were screwing out of uh, out of out of his profits? You know, I don't know about that one personally, but and now we are drawing, now and now we are speaking critically of them, so we can draw the ire of the House of Mouse. So. Yeah, that they, would they, be. I mean, yes, they could sue me for all I'm worth, uh, which is about, which is right now about twenty five dollars. So uh, <laughs> that wouldn't even be enough to get get their lawyer to say your name. No. <laughs> One of the only real real upsides to being tiny is that we're not worth looking at from a legal perspective. Right. Because I haven't really established any sort of liability shield. <laughs> um, uh. I need to f- file LLC papers at some point, but yeah. I've been saying that for six years now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I really liked Owen Wilson um, as Agent Mobius. Right. I like Owen Wilson in general. He always played. He he like he at least in in most recent things he plays a very kind of you know he 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 has fallen into the typecast of the personable of the personable but kind of slow guy. <laughs> or at least he comes off as slow. Right? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Mobius is definitely not slow. Yeah, He's I was going to say. About <laughs> as fast as up up on the uptake, but he but he but he portrays himself as as you he know, downplays just a simple he downplays guy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not necessarily slow, but simple. Well, yeah, Very there's simple. a difference. Yeah, you can be yeah. simple and not be slow. Mm-hmm. Right. My only real regret is that he no longer is that uh, he didn't get to say wow. <laughs> well, I mean as as funny as that would be, that would also like really take you out of the whole experience. I know, like, just oh. it needed to be a, a a legitimate wow. I mean, there's enough uh, there's enough other fan service in the show yeah. um, that you could have given him a wow. But does it have to be in the traditional cadence of Owen Wilson, or can it just be a wow in general? It could have just been a wow in general. All right, that would be a good compromise. <laughs> By the way, if anyone hasn't already seen it, to say wow. If if anyone hasn't already seen it, look up on YouTube the uh, the Star Wars lightsaber battle with all the sound effects replaced with Owen Wilson wows. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's so yeah. good. Should throw up a link in that to that in the doobly doo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll see. I'll I'll try to put a thing in the doobly doo. Right. But yeah, I think um, yeah, Owen Wilson has definitely um, definitely did a great job, and I don't know, it's just kind of one of those things where he just kind of popped up, and I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't expect to see you here, and it was like a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, 
he wasn't, you know, I mean, obviously he had his, you know, his comedic beats. And of course, with the Marvel stuff, there's always plenty of humor involved. But, yeah. you know, he wasn't just like, he wasn't like a caricature of himself or anything. He actually, you know, like made a um, unique character kind of come to life. And after the initial shock wore off of, hey, it's fucking Owen Wilson. Like, I didn't really just think of him as him. You know, he kind of. Right. Uh, melded well, into the character. <clears throat> yeah, he didn't, he didn't come off, um, you know, um he didn't come off as Owen Wilson. He, I mean, Mobius, he did disappear into that character. Yeah. I think, I think not having him blonde helped mm-hmm. having him gray haired. And then, you know, yeah, I was going to say there's really a lot the, of like, visual he stuff. He works the blue hair too. Mm-hmm. Well, and the mustache, I think the mustache mm-hmm. helped. Like the, the combination of like the uh, costume and set dressing and cinematography, like all the presentation kind of came together to make him different enough that it wasn't like, he didn't seem like, you know, traditional typecast cliche Owen Wilson. Right? Yeah. It was a good cast. It was. It's one of those roles where it's like you see it and then afterwards you're like, wow, I can't imagine anyone else. Wow, right? Wow. wow. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone else playing that role now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'd be a few contenders that do a really good job, but it's just nothing really comes to mind because it's like I can't. It's like seeing, seeing, a, seeing a particular shape in a cloud when you first look at a cloud. It's like, yeah, somebody else can point out something to you and you can see it when you try, but you never unsee the first thing that you see, right? Right. Kind of like that. It's like that. So what do you guys think about um, about the size and pacing of the thing? It's, you know, another six chapter thing like Falcon and Winter Soldier was. I really right. think that's kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, for for a lot of things like I like as much as I did like uh, WandaVision, it could have been an episode shorter or two. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there It could have been like it could have been five episodes and have it represent the five the five stages of grief um it could it could have been an episode shorter um i I feel like if anything um maybe like the uh the like um first two 50s and 60s yeah that could have been like one big episode as opposed to two (laughs) discrete ones Mm because it's very similar and there's some overlap plus then the kind of the black and white thing kind of stretches on with two episodes right because I, I remember when I was watching at that point, I'm like, okay, how long are they going to go with this? <laughs> like, how long before we get color in here? <laughs> yeah. I loved it, but yeah. Yeah, I, I did. In, I, I really did like WandaVision. You can listen to it. You can go back and listen to our episode about it. But I, but like, if I had a criticism to level against it, it was that they could have tightened up the writing. Right. Um, it meandered a little bit. But that's well, the thing is whenever it's like whenever it's only six uh, episodes, then you barely notice the meandering. Yeah, it's well, a big difference than like, say, one of those Netflix Marvel things that where they'd be like 13 episodes. And yeah, you'd be like, my God, can we trim this, please? <laughs> oh, yeah. So very much. It's true. Um, like I so I really do feel like the like the the six to seven episode, um, the six to seven episode uh, season is is really kind of. It, it it I feel like that's a very good uh, point to uh, to kind of shoot for. Yeah, that's a good it's uh, a good yardstick, generally speaking. Yeah, not, uh, I'm trying to think of substantive things to talk about that don't involve big plot stuff. There's not a whole lot. Yeah, it once again is full of things that uh, that if you know the comic books, um, you are. Um, if you know the comic books, you're like, wow, that they they threw. It's it's more wow. There, there, here's a thing. Here's a thing. Here's a thing. Here's a thing. Um, so, yeah. Hello to our guest kitty. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, um, so um, I guess like immediately, like right off the bat in episode one, mm-hmm. you get into the whole 
TVA, so it's not really boilerous. Yeah. Um, right. That's the whole premise of the show is. And you know, there had been some things talked about and whispered about, rumored about before the show, uh, before the show was released about you know it being time related. Uh, Loki's doing time hijinks and whatnot. Time stuff. Yeah. Not to right. be confused with a time heist, which is a different thing. Yes. Yeah. But that's that segues into the whole premise because you know that's the the obligatory you know jumping off point there because obviously in the regular vanilla reality timeline or whatever loki just gets straight up killed by thanos everybody knows that an end game like right out the gate and yeah which sorry i thought that was kind of ham-handed writing um you know which part you mean loki getting killed by thanos yeah right out the gate because i'm sorry that's kind of stupid for loki (laughs) yeah um well i mean honestly a lot of a, a lot of uh Infinity War was like it, it. It was a lot of stupid decisions. Oh, I said Endgame, didn't I? Yeah, it was, it was the first yeah. one. It was Infinity War because yeah, he gets killed like immediately. It was. Well, I said Endgame because that's where he escaped. But yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh. Well, you have to remember that Infinity War is a sen- it, it, Thanos is the protagonist of uh, of Infinity War. Right. It's his story. Yep. Um, right. So that's really sort of the him axing loki and beating the crap out of the hulk in the first that's the wharf moment yeah Lo- loki the... felt loki and the hulk both fell victim to the wharf effect and um <clears throat> and you know i mean that's it is what it is is it is it's poor writing perhaps but it also also helps to create uh pathos for uh for thor which <laughs> you know that that was what was driving him for the entire for the entire thing is yeah Thanos. I mean I I would agree that it seems a little bit out of character because it's like okay like Loki has a more of a survival instinct than that yeah you know yeah but um but yeah I mean it's a trade off like it sets up a lot of a lot of good stuff there in terms of like what you were saying pathos with Thor and yeah. um, it immediately establishes how badass Thanos is and the stakes involved and you manage to have him have two Infinity Stones right at the gate. So that you can fit in all the awesomeness that is required to fit in that movie. I think it's kind of. I I don't particularly like how Thanos just gets the power stone off screen, like before the movie begins. I would have liked something establishing how he got the how he how he got that. But wasn't that um, wasn't that I, maybe I'm misremembering? But I thought that was um, it was on Xandar. Yeah, he yeah. he basically yeah he got the uh, the site of the end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't remember. I don't remember there being actually like a scene that shows him. Sh- no, no. Like, I remember um, him taking out the gauntlet. Right. No, but, uh, myself, but but Xandar was where the end of Guardians of the Galaxy happened. Yeah. Um. And he, yeah, basically, yeah, that's the end of the first one or the second one. First one. Yeah, okay. they just never really established how he got how he got the the power stone. Oh, for some reason, I was thinking that it was like out there in the fleet or something. Whenever, like in space, when he was attacking what was left of the Asgardian. Right. Nope. Oh well, that's oh, enough digression on on, on uh, yeah. Infinity War. Well, I just rewatched um, Infinity War slash Endgame recently. I just had the urge to watch it and uh so it's fresh in my mind or uh, also um i mean per usual i i think they did i, I think that the the casting directors at uh at disney marvel studios etc has really kind of started to hit their stride with with uh, their casting choices we liked uh we liked uh owen as mobius 
And I also liked uh, Sophia Di Martino as uh, as Sylvie. And Sylvie, yes, that was a that was a well done. Um, yeah, they had uh, they had really good chemistry too. Yeah, and I think that was the biggest thing because you know looking at it, she bears close enough resemblance to Tom Hiddleston that you believe she's a Loki mm-hmm. um, without basically overdoing it. You know, they didn't they didn't try to turn her into something that she wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, um, and. Um, I also liked the, you know, like the somebody like Agent B fifteen, um, the the one who basically, you know, had a mat on him for the for the, the entire run, just about. Yeah. Um, and um, the the one judge. Uh, it was C twenty that 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 was the one that was that was that was on on top of him the the whole the whole time. You sunk my battleship. <laughs> yeah. The the one the one with the curly hair. Yeah, the one, the yeah, the one with with the tight, uh, curly hair. Hmm. Was that C twenty? Yeah, that was C twenty. Hmm. Okay. Um. Because yeah, I mean that that whole arc there, and then uh, Judge Rens, uh, Renslayer. Renslayer, yeah. I mean, I like what they did with that character too. Mm-hmm. Who is a character from the comics? Right. So is Mobius. Which I didn't realize until uh, they started saying her name, like in the sixth episode. So that was well <laughs> done too. <laughs> See, I never really read any comics with like Asgardian shit in them, so I don't really have much of a touchstone. She, for she's not characters. Asgardian. She she is she is uh, related to our uh, new cosmic threat that got introduced in this in this season that we will talk about in spoiler oh, territory. Okay. Yeah, I just assumed it. You know, it was somewhat in that wheelhouse. No, and to be honest, I I haven't read most of the comics either. What I have read is large swaths of the of the Marvel Wikipedia, ah, like yes. the Marvel Wiki, I should say. So yeah, because I mean, I guess that's the thing about this is that um, it pulls in a lot of disparate like influences and comics and references, which makes sense because it's this whole like you yeah. know like fabric of reality spanning thing with different. Yeah. Like, I realize I'm I'm tiptoeing around the. Uh, the the name of the of the new antagonist, which you've probably had spoiled for you already, and we're not, but we're going to bring up in spoilers. Um, and that is that was kind it, it was kind of well established with just the setting in general, but we'll get to that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. But <clears throat> but we also see a lot of other you know like we were talking about earlier Easter eggs throughout. Um. You know, rocks on. Um. You know. Uh. Just you know, Easter eggs all the way through comic from comic after yeah. comic after episode. Comic. Uh, episode five is chock a block with uh, with set dressing spoil um, Easter eggs. It's it's definitely where they were like, hey, we can put anything we want in here for right? fan service, and people will probably and and it won't. It does. It works. It also has zero impact on anything. Right. Yeah, you know, a lot of people working on that show had a lot of fun just putting in their own little pet things in there. That'd be well, a great gig. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So, you know what What it reminded me of, really? Um, oddly enough, Land of the Lost remake, um, where they basically, it was this whole time area where things falling in from, from fucking everywhere. Uh, um, just, you know. The thing that comes to mind for me is when they, mm-hmm. uh, they threw in the ghost ship in in uh, Rogue One when they had right. the ships like coming together for the fleet. Right. Yeah. Um so uh another early on thing we can talk about that's not spoilery. Um I I mean I I love the show but like one of my criticisms 
one of the things that stuck out at me for me um, was at the beginning and in, in episode one, like they kind of leaned a little too hard in the, Oh, this is, isn't this comedic and wacky how Loki's just being kind of thrown about. Like, I feel like they overdid that. Whereas just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just like a little too much for me. Yeah. I can, I, I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from on that criticism. I'm not sure I fully agree, but I feel like they, they did a few good gags or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's enough. Like, ease up on the gas like let's not make the let's not make it so over the top that it can't take it seriously yeah you know? I, I can see that which yeah. kind of clashes with the in, with the rest of most of the show because it actually kind of gets quite serious with a lot of like emotional stuff and character development and inner yeah. turmoil mm-hmm. and all this shit right? right so it just seems a little out of place like they're just kind of trying to get people on board with like hey look guys it's funny mcu stuff remember that like you like it the movies and i'm like yeah i get it can we just kind of you know not do this so much <laughs> Right. Need to not be quite so grimdark because the the last two were pretty we're pretty both we're both pretty kind of. I mean, it's a very difficult yeah. thing, difficult needle to thread with the story they're telling to kind of like you know, uh, yeah. like balance it out and decide how much of what tone to do when. But I just felt like they they went a little too wacky in the in the onset. Loki being a god of mischief is a good place to sort of put right. um, the wacky. Yeah. But the thing is that it wasn't him being the god of it. It was him getting clowned. It was like, he yeah. was the butt of the joke the whole time. Right. Well, the thing about well, the first also, episode, to, sorry, go ahead. Well, the thing about the first episode was, you know, you had to get Loki from Avengers to Loki by the end of Ragnarok in basically 43 minutes you also needed to entire you also needed to make sure that you established the tva as a force with which to be reckoned yeah i mean they had to do a lot of things oh yeah no i get it i i mean i know what they're going for i just felt like it was a little ham-fisted i can like like i said i i can see where you're coming from on that i i don't necessarily agree but i can see how people would how it is possible to have to grow tired of how much that way so i i definitely yeah that's all i'm saying grant the arguments (laughs) Uh, um there was something else i was gonna say and then i lost it oh um oh uh, i definitely called well i had had one i had had the big twist uh spoiled for me already unfortunately but i definitely called the smaller twist that led into episode five okay um once again, being vague. Right. <laughs> Hashtag vague booking. Um, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong, eat your heart out. Right. What a twist. But uh, I was like, it, it's going to be, it's going to be that thing. Um, and it was. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, I re- also, one other thing that I, that I really, that I also really liked uh, that isn't saying anything is also from a from a from a set dressing and and uh and such um perspective i loved the the 50s decor and uh and and uh clothing um decisions oh yeah yeah i like the style of the tva offices and stuff and like there there's like a lot of analog stuff going on with like like punch cards and shit like a lot of weird yeah they're like like late 50s 60s is is sort of their aesthetic yeah it's Um, like that retro futurism thing yeah yeah because it goes back to the old marvel comics you know of Mm -hmm. the yeah right right yeah it's kind of an homage in that sense yeah also, it, it kind of it alludes to a potential concept of like, you know, intentionally using specific tech 
that may or may not be horribly outdated compared to uh -huh. what you could use for specific reasons as far as like compartmentalizing information and preventing things from being leaked or hacked or whatever yeah right. it kind of reminds me of like battlestar galactica like the new show um in the aughts <laughs> where they had like you know the the titular ship was like one of the older ships it was like just about to be decommissioned before the shit hit the fan and they very specifically were like okay we're keeping this tech a little lower tech so that the cylons can't just fucking steal everything right like it was exactly. like it's 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 obsolete nature of the tech was its greatest asset in that weird way yeah well and and the thing about that is um uh oh god i had a connection there with the um with that and that now i can't remember what it was Dad, oh john wick um you know it's the same reason that uh john wick uses all that you know semi-obsolete like tech and shit. Yeah. yeah and the you know right. and, the, and the the dial phones because nobody can hack it you know? yep and there are some actual like reality um like uh there, there's some stuff that is actually true some parallels in reality where like the department of defense has some stuff on like way old mm -hmm. tech like on oh, purpose yeah. Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff the irs runs uh there still runs on uh on tape drive servers mm -hmm. uh because and because it is so antiquated that nobody can 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 break into it very easily mm -hmm. um, and they don't really need to update anything because it still works right still works and it's hard uh it's hard to it's hard to break yeah. as it were because it's so damn simple mm -hmm. um i feel as though we have probably um Hello, cattail in in uh, Ben's uh, video. <laughs> it's a cattail. She's now hunting hunting a bug. So. Like, I hope she finds it because I can hear the cricket too. Yeah. Uh, uh, we will pause now for station identification and uh, and uh, music, and then we will come back with some spoilerage. I'm gonna mute myself for a minute so you don't have to worry about that.
And we're back. Hopefully that's long enough for me to be able to find the, the break in the waveform. Also, I should write down that it was at uh, about an hour in. Jeez. Just a second here. Sorry, just need to write that down. So, past here there be spoilers. Uh, so we might as well get to the big elephant in the room. Who was it? Who who was expecting Kang the Conqueror? Myself. I mean, if you've read Marvel comics for any length of time, and time is involved, yeah. Kang's gonna show the fuck. Anytime out. it, yeah. Well, like the the TVA pretty mm -hmm. much direct like their their whole thing was yeah we 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 are fighting Kang right. Um. And in fact, are run by a benevolent by a benevolent version of Kang. Right. Um, so <laughs> I'll be real with you. I had no idea who the fuck Kang was. Kang the Conqueror. He's uh, he, he's he's from the future or another or another dimension or both or the past. And uh, he's trying to conquer all of space and all of space and time simultaneously. That's kind of been that's always kind of been his big thing. I mean, I gleaned that already based on the context, but yeah, I never, never heard of the character. Seen any yeah, because Kang, his his benevolent version is, um, oh god, what is his benevolent version? He's been well, a few different show, benevolent uh, versions. Right? They, they refer to him as uh, he who remains or yeah. something. Right. Well, that's kind but, of. A, um, yeah. He has also been Rama Tut, Pharaoh Rama Tut, who was a hero. Uh, Immortus and at one, Immortus. one point he was uh he was an iron he was Iron Lad. Yeah. Immortus is his uh is his yeah. Um yeah. so and I guess also, it should be pointed out that he's also Nathaniel Richards. Yeah. I.e. um the son, the son of Mr. Fantastic and Susan Storm. Ah, I did not realize this. Yes. Now you're saying the oh. benevolent version is? Well, keep in mind, all, pretty all much every all of, of these versions of him. Well, yeah, every version of him is Nate Richards. Um, He's but, a descendant of Reed Richards. He's not. Can we just uh, digress for a moment here? Blasphemy, I know. But how did there get to be a million versions of him in the first place? Multiverse. Um, yeah, just because. Oh, of the I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not the son. He's he's just a descendant. I'm, I'm actually, not. he's uh, he is a descendant of Reed Richards' time traveling father, Nathaniel. Oh, okay. It gets yeah. complicated because time I mean, travel comics. is involved. Right. Comics are complicated enough, and you, then you throw right. in realities. Right. And then, yeah, basically, um, oddly enough, he uses Doctor Doom's time travel technology. Mm -hmm. Or maybe doesn't in this in this version because who knows? I mean, right. the four are coming, and so is Doom. But um, Kang doesn't also doesn't have to be a Richards in in the MCU. Um, right. This is true. There's nothing connecting him to that specifically. Although they do play him off like a, you know, with a Reed Richards level intellect. I did enjoy the way the, uh, I really did enjoy the, the actor getting to kind of play, man, I'm just having fun because I, I know everything that's going to happen. Right? Yeah. Until I don't. And now it's exciting because I don't know what's going to happen. Right? Yeah, I'm I thought he did so it. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, and you know, so he he did such a good job because he was, you know, here I am, the big bad, but hey, you know, I just came down, got you in an elevator, eating an apple, just having fun, you know. Yeah, I've been waiting for this moment. And forever. also, like he he recognizes that uh, that what he has the TVA do is 
pretty despicable, but he thinks it's for the that it's for the greater good. Right, because the other me's, you know, they're worse. Yeah, I may be bad, but you should meet my brothers. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that just seemed like quite the conundrum. Because um, you know, as a viewer, obviously, you don't really, you know, mm-hmm. you don't really know the specifics of, yeah. you know. And the question his... is, you know, um, how do we know that the other kings wouldn't say that about him? Right. Well, I oh, think yeah, every king would say that about him. That. Yeah. You know? So, but, you know, the ultimate, uh, do the ends justify the means thing. Right. To borrow from from our previous episode in Immortal, it's like the Mahler twins not knowing who's the uh, who's the original. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the whole concept of, you know, greater good and doing terrible things for the supposed greater good, that you're right back into Thanos territory again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although that has one of the dumbest plot holes of all time, which is, hey, instead of having the population, why don't you just double the resources? Yeah. It's not like right. you're not pretty much omnipotent when it comes to, um, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet giving you pretty much right. infinite power. I feel like it, the, uh, it, 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 like the culmination of Endgame kind of answered that question in a way where it's like he may just be fooling himself with this grand purpose because he's really just a maniac. He's the mm-hmm. mad titan, as they say. Yeah. He is the I mad mean, titan. It, you know, he, he was pushed, and then he was just like, you know what, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to destroy everything because... Yeah. Right. I'm I'm not important. Yeah, the answer to why to why didn't he double the resources is because that wasn't his plan and he had a plan, damn it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because that was not his plan. But I think that's the biggest part about Yeah. Well, because if it if that worked, then he was not right, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it just Well, and then he wouldn't get to be the hero per se. Right. Well, and here's the other thing, though. If you have all the life in the universe, life got to there to begin with the same way, by spreading. Also, it was confirmed that the that the half of all life that he destroyed also included plant life and animal life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he also... Oh, yeah. It's not exactly one one right? A yeah. lot, like, at least when it comes to food, he still mm-hmm. halved all the resources. Right? <laughs> oh, well, that's even dumber, right? Because yes. then... <laughs> Yeah, if it's all life, then you're not. Yeah, you're not yeah. Really helping, are you? No, yeah. you're just making it smaller. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, TLDR: Thanos this. is dumb. Yes, Thanos. Thanos is definitely dumb. <laughs> Kang will, by the way, uh, apparently is going to be in the in the uh, Quantum Mania film and it'll be <clears> his <throat> film debut. Aha! So he'll uh, be in the movie coming out February of 2023. God, even longer have to wait. We get Multiverse of Madness first. <laughs> Which I'm very much looking forward to. Right. Um, and uh, also, uh, what you call it? Um, no Way Home, which they've said right. is not going to have a trailer. Hmm. Interesting. No Way Home is that the Spider-Man subtitle? Yeah, the Spider yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home. Which there's been uh, a second. I gotta go help the cat get food. One second. Oh. Oh, apparently, assume, you know, Strange is going to be in. Uh, apparently, Doctor Strange is going to be in uh, in No Way Home. It has home in the title, so that's the law. So yeah. it had to be a Spider Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love how they've confirmed Jamie Foxx as Electro and Alfred and Alfred Molino as Otto Octavius, but they still stra- staunchly refuse to acknowledge um, the other two Spider Men. <laughs> it's yeah. like you, yeah. you realize you're not really you're you're not fooling like. 
anyone. Anyone, right? You're basically, yeah. I mean, you're like, hey, look, a significant villain in the other iterations of Spider-Man. Oh, but Teehee, we don't know if any other Spider-Man will show up. Have, uh, Toby, <laughs> what's his name? McGuire. McGuire, yeah. And, or or uh, Andrew Garfield. No, 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 no. Not going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> well, I, you know... That was such a such a cliffhanger with the far from home to like be unresolved for that length of time. I mean, I know, you know, pandemics and all that, but still like, yeah, even without that, it was kind of stretching on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we shall see. I just I mean, it, if it's worth the wait, then I'll be satisfied. Like, I'm I'm pretty patient as long as they do it justice when it finally comes out. Then I'll I'm be happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This year. Oh, really? Yeah. Very much yeah. looking forward to that one. I did not realize that. Well, mm-hmm. Good thing I haven't been paying close attention to it, because if I was, it would feel like it took forever. <laughs> <laughs> They've been in, like they, they did a lot of they they did a lot of principal photography in 2019. Um, they had to do some reshoots in 2020, but they did so apparently safely, at least theoretically. Mm-hmm. So massive spoiler time. Um, so the the twist that I saw coming was that uh, pruning doesn't equal disintegration. Right. He's like, no, that's that's dementia. That, that's that's just getting sent somewhere else but it makes use. sense we didn't actually kill them we just sent them somewhere where they were in the end of die. time where they're where, where they're eaten by a by a space dragon right yeah so no, we didn't we didn't kill them directly so our well, you know i don't think here's the thing i don't think anyone in the tva cared didn't kill them directly right. tva yeah. is probably absolutely fine with well, yeah. killing they're them just about efficiency but, yeah right as far as they know let the dragon eat them or whatever right yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah and then of course the, all the disintegration all the you know pruning stuff is just stuff that gets sent to the end of time which you know when you think about billions and billions of years that what happens when the dragon eats it when the dragon eat what eats what billions and billions of years of stuff uh, it has monumental poops i don't know Right. Well, it's just, the whole it's thing a, was it's kind of like the Langoliers. It just it just consumes time. Right, but that's that's like a plot butthole. Um, I mean, it's, <laughs> time and space factory. None of it's ever going to make sense. It, it violates that. the laws of physics and destroys matter and time. That's all. Right. It's like trying to make sense of the time travel and. Um, in Endgame. It's like, don't think about it, just enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Just enjoy in it. general, that's usually the best decision is, don't think about it too hard, just just, just sit back and relax. By having in-universe conversations about Back to the Future and shit, you know? Right. Yeah, you realize it's just <laughs> a show it. and relax. <laughs> yes. It's just a show, you should really relax. Just relax. Um, so... Okay, so this is a plot butthole that I, I didn't, because uh, all plot holes are plot buttholes now, because they poop out, um, that I did not uh, find a way to, to uh, let go. So, uh, episode four? Okay. Uh, where they're on the planet that's about, to, that's about to be destroyed? Episode three. Episode three. Uh, yeah. And at the end of it, they're basically just watching the moon coming at them. Um, and falling in love and falling in love and suddenly all these variants you know all these variations happen but if they did nothing they would have been destroyed yep so all these time variations you know happening because the two of them are about to be kicked out of the out of the time uh i think the implication is that somehow the two of them falling in love was going to cause them to uh survive 
So instead, they rescue them. Well, no, they don't. Well, that's the thing. Suddenly, there suddenly mm -hmm. there is a nexus event mm -hmm. at this pre at previously what was a. Uh, <laughs> you see what, a dead end. <laughs> yeah, it was, was previously a uh, a what you call it. Uh, so the TDA has to deal with it, right? My, because you know, something because something in violation of the of the sacred timeline was going to occur, and so they have to put a stop to it. And what they do is apparently, <laughs> at least when it comes to Loki's, is instead of pruning them instantly, like they do all the other variants, is arrest them and take them to uh, to court. But what we no, find it doesn't is make a whole lot of sense. But it makes but we also find sense. later on. What we find later on is they don't prune all the other variants. They, no, like, it turns out that primarily they. Um, brainwash all the variants. Right? It's the whole Oprah Winfrey, you get a variant, you get a variant, everyone gets a variant. Yeah, you get to be a TVA agent, and you get to be a TVA agent. Um, and yeah, it just, it was, you know, as, like I said, and my my thinking is, is that, truth be told, that was Kang manipulating the timeline. Possible. Hard to say. You know, yeah, that's part of line. the whole, it's part, part of the whole thing is the ambiguity of it, I guess. I mean, you know, Right, and to speculate and theorize and also you have to wonder. I mean, well, theoretically, the, since since he who remains is supposed to have known everything that was going to happen at at all points in time, mm -hmm. he, the the divergence from the from the uh, from the sacred timeline there was also part of the plan. Right. Well, I said okay. Here's what bugs me about it: is they violate their own established because Loki and mobius prove that going to an apocalypse event has absolutely no event no impact on the timeline I, no variances like i said i the the best i can figure is that mm -hmm. what they were doing uh, mm -hmm. changed the apocalypse or was going to result in a change to the apocalypse which made it which is what triggered it as a, as a nexus event like right. Similarly, if, say, Iron Man had gone back in time and drained the lava out of Vesuvius, that would have been a Nexus event. Right. But just saying, oh, hey, by the way, volcano gonna go boom mm -hmm. doesn't accomplish much because, one, everyone thinks you're insane. Mm -hmm. Until the volcano goes boom. At which point, it's too late. Um, right. Or, yeah, so the, the whole deal is... My the best I can the best I could guess the best I I could kind of figure from that is that for some reason two Lokis falling in love with each other which is squeaky if you think about it too hard um that's the best talk, thing ever though by the way yeah the talk fact about that narcissism Loki can only fall in love with himself yes or, yeah or in this case he can you know, herself, herself like you know yeah. I mean whatever <laughs> like Loki is you know he is well gender fluid yeah <laughs> I was say, putting it lightly he has a long history of. Right. Like a Zeus, shall we say, of just transforming into anything and everything. I mean, you have to acknowledge that uh, Odin had Sleipnir in uh, in the first Thor movie, which mm -hmm. means at some point Loki, Loki fucked a horse. Loki got fucked by a horse. Well, yes, got fucked by a horse. This is true. Um, <laughs> right, and stayed a horse long enough to have Sleipnir. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he you know the thing about Loki. Wait, is hold he on. Can... How, how do you do the math on that? Uh, Loki Sleipnir. gave birth to Sleipnir. Yeah, Sleipnir, Loden's eight-legged horse, is the child of Loki and is is uh, Lo Loki. So, there um, in Norse mythology as well as in comics continuity, um, there the uh, the uh, 
what you call it, the Aesir, um, <laughs> they, uh, they hired a, um, a uh, giant it's... contractor to build them a, fo- a fortress or a wall or something. I can't remember exactly what. And they promised them, him that if he could complete it in a ridiculously short amount of time, that he would get uh, Freya as payment. Um, so he was pulling that off because he had a magical horse that was making his uh, work very easy. Magical stallion. So Loki steps up and distracts the horse. Wow. Paul's pregnant and gives birth to Slepnir, Odin's eight-legged horse. Loki quite literally jumps in. Yes. <laughs> he lays back and Each thinks one. and thinks of Asgard. <laughs> yeah. All right. Asgard, am I right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, in uh, the setting was uh, Swalfir or Swalfir. Yeah. Yeah, something. I can't remember like all, all, all right. the names. It's but right. but but that that is that is also in comics continuity of how Slepnir com- comes around. So, okay then. Um, <laughs> consider yeah. me educated and thoroughly disgusted. Yeah, Norse but, mythology is fun. <laughs> yeah, Norse mythology is almost as fucked up as Greek mythology, but not quite as. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Uh, not quite as. Ubiquitous? No, uh, it's Greek mythology is very, very um, uh, a, uh, amoral in a lot of ways. The gods are very amoral. The Norse gods are a little more moral. They have a little bit better, a little bit better. You know, they're more focused. Greek mythology. You, you do just, mean a, amoral as opposed to immoral? Like right. The gods amoral. just do what they do. Basically, right. What kind of amoral? Right. Yeah, right. Amoral. Right. Yeah. yeah. Gods just do what they do. Whereas the Norse gods, they at least have focus. Them. Right. The Norse gods at least have something that they're usually doing, fighting giants, shit like that. Yep. Good point. Good and point. preparing, you know, for the end of right, time. Uh, right. It's more like so, they have uh, they have more of a, like, common cause or enemy or whatever, so they tend to not be quite as bickering <laughs> as the Greek pantheon. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, as Ares says, they need me. <laughs> no, wait, that was Ares. <laughs> the Greek pantheon uh, would be the ultimate reality show. Right? Unfortunately... God, uh, Zeus was horny. Yeah, um, Zeus fucked something. The horse's name, by the way, in case anyone cares, and I will mispronounce the hell out of this, um, is um, Svaldufari? Yep. Svaldufari. Fondu Safari, got it. Yeah. Fondu Safari, yeah. It, 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 it's got a couple letters that aren't uh, that, that aren't in, in English. Uh, um, like that yeah, D the, in the middle? American, the English alphabet. So... <laughs> There's a weird cross piece on the D. Right? <laughs> Loki horns, as a matter of fact. Uh, but, um, so, yeah, the, the whole thing about that, and here, okay, so here's my posit. Uh, the reason that them being on that planet was creating a, uh, uh, a major... Um, Nexus event? Nexus event is because if they died, things would not happen the way Kang needed them to. That could be it, too. Thus, they need to be rescued. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, something that was supposed... Because Loki, it, it, evidently, is this fucking walking nexus event, uh, which we see in episode five. My a lot god, of, a lot there are a lot of his ass I out I loved there. Alligator Loki. <laughs> oh, that was the yeah. best. He freaking chomps that hand. I laughed right. at this off. And, and, right. and, and, and also just how he's, uh, like, and, and how our, our Loki is so just kind of done with this shit at this point that he just rolls with it. Yeah, he's yeah. Oh, so over himself. 
and apparently, an, an, apparently, an alligator version of myself, which I've just stopped caring about. I well, I love, I love you know the the one is like, oh come on, you had to see this coming. Yeah. <laughs> also, but, speaking of well, seeing the, things coming, speaking, I gotta say. The casting on old Loki was fantastic. I loved that guy. He was great. Oh, he was amazing. And yeah, I was gonna say the younger one. Like it was the as soon as I saw him, like oh okay, so he's obviously killed Thor. Yeah, that was that was so (laughs) like on the nose. But Richard Grant, by the way, he was just excellent. Old old Loki as as classic Loki. Mm -hmm. It was kind of funny seeing some of the like some of the different versions of him where Loki kind of like gets a peek at like hypothetical stuff where it's like, Oh, you get what you think you want. And then guess what? You're still miserable and you're still screwed. <laughs> you know, right? it kind of like uh, drove home that theme of like, yeah, you know what you think you want isn't necessarily what you want or what you need. Yeah. And you, you're not going to really know what that is until you know who the hell you are. Cause that's mm-hmm. Loki's things. He's always reactionary. He's just reacting to things all the time. He's all emotional you know, mm-hmm. jealous or angry or resentful or whatever. She just right. does things to do things. Never stopping yeah. to actually kind of look inward and be like, okay, so who the fuck am I actually? Well, and that was, I mean, and we start seeing that happening, you know, it, that whole introspection from him uh, in episode one. Like I said, it was a massive deconstruction of Loki, getting him from, you know, from Avengers to Ragnarok in, you know, in one. Right. Yeah, in very one much basic... a forced introspection. Which right. I think in... it's just, it's so funny seeing, like, I, I feel like it's an appropriate humbling thing that, like, that comes from, mainly from um, Modius. Am I saying it right? Owen Wilson's? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Modius, yeah. Mobius, that's right, the B, Mobius. Right, right. Mobius and Mobius. It's, it's like the vampire without the R, Mobius. Right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... You well, know, Mobius he's, strip. <laughs> he's basically uh, basically giving him a PowerPoint presentation of why he's a tool. Right. You know? well, <laughs> but I think, that, I think the best part of it was that Mobius wasn't there when Loki actually figured out who and what he was. Right. You know, wasn't there when he found that when Loki found he brought out him to the he, door, but he yeah, didn't open it for him. Exactly. Oh. And I think that was that was some pretty damn good writing. You know, it was yeah, it was a ver- marathon therapy session, but it was you know self therapeutic. Right. Something else that 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 probably only Neil will gush about, but I do want to gush about briefly. I loved the uh, I loved the uh, design of uh, the castle at the end of time, the Citadel, because it was it, it like. It was definitely designed to look like it was put together through uh, via kintsugi, uh, which is the Japanese uh, me- method of uh, of gluing uh, broken things together with gold. Oh yeah! Like I saw it, I was like, "Ooh, that's a really beautiful kintsugi door." And then like the whole thing was kintsugi, and I was like, "That's awesome!" Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I mean, yeah. Talk about a fitting metaphor, you know, considering mm-hmm. the nature of the yeah. place. And then you also yeah. saw that in the wardrobe where he had like different stuff from different places and periods of time like mm-hmm. everything every piece of his wardrobe was a different thing right well yeah. and and the you know the whole thing through it is you know he knew what they were going to do so he had already prepared for it up to a certain so you know him jumping on the desk right in arm's range of both of them knowing you know they're going to do this at this point going to do that you know and no matter what they try to do they're going to do exactly what they're yeah, I, I was amused at him being like, "Do you not get it? Like, I've already been over this. I know everything that's happening. You can't exactly. surprise me here. <laughs> right? Here, I just enjoy the ride." You're going to say, <laughs> "Yeah." Right? Well, they kind of, you know, they uh, they foresh they they foreshadowed that with, um, you know, the initial gag 
Here's oh, everything like, you've ever said. Yeah, Please here's the, yeah, doing this, this is everything you've ever said. Which, by the way, wasn't that another one of those retro things where, like, the printout paper was, like, the old shit with, like, yeah, the little dots dot on matrix paper. Dot matrix. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I love that it wasn't, it wasn't, um, I keep on my face. Uh, I love that it wasn't, uh, that it came down from the ceiling. Because you seal it, you can see it dangling from the ceiling into the printer. Yeah. <laughs> so it would have been even better if they had it with the green and white striped. You know. it, yeah. That, well, no, that like I'm pretty sure that was what it like. It did. I want to say it had that. We just didn't get a good chance to look at it, but it was definitely being printed on like an old dot matrix printer, right? Exactly. Because you can hear the way it was printing. Yeah, and I love that. You know, and then we have these. You know, these uh, the their uh, chrono uh, chrono pads or the temp pads. Tim pads, yeah, you know, that looked very, very, uh, um, you know, um, retro, retro future, but damn, did they do a lot. Yeah. But then also Miss Minute, that, you know. I'm I'm interested because Miss Minute seemed to actually be a little bit more, um, uh have a little bit more agency than perhaps she had admitted to. Right, exactly. I can't tell y'all, sweetie. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting uh, to see whether uh, whether they do anything else with with uh, with her. Right. Which great, you know, Tara Strong. I Tara mean, Strong. I like Tara Strong, but I'm starting to get a little tired of her. I feel like she should let other people have a chance to get some work. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a, there's in everything. I know, I know, but uh, don't, don't get me wrong, Tara. I know you're listening, and I love you. I think you do a great job, but at the same time, it's like, so who's in this? Tara Strong. Who's and who's playing? Who's and and who's playing the deep-voiced male person, Steve Bloom? I love both of you, but you guys have so many credits, <laughs> right? Hey, we got these. We got this group of people on Critical Role that could really use some extra work. I mean, well, granted, one guy on TikTok who's really great and he's got one voice acting credit and he should have so many more can't remember his name but he's great um it wouldn't happen to you would it no i'm not on tiktok okay i'm never i'm never i'm I'm always two or three steps behind whatever is the cutting edge that all the kids are that all the kids are into these days right you got into vine when it kids (laughs) i'm hip to your lingo uh also i do like how uh Chris Hemsworth did actually do a little bit of voice as Throg. Right. Like, he says one thing, but it was Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the, the bit where they had him, they had Loki, Loki Prime, if you will. Well, I guess technically Loki Prime is one that got killed by Thanos, but I digress. I, I <laughs> our Loki. Our yeah. Loki. Yeah. <laughs> titular loki yes mm-hmm. um how he when he was uh, they had him stuck in that loop of just getting like slapped oh, in the face she, and punched in the, or uh kneed in the balls in the by lady sif every, yeah. every, right every time that was pretty great yeah and it was like <laughs> it's funny because it's like uh it, it kind of had a i mean obviously it's on the nose comparison but a groundhog day thing where it's like the only way for him to make any headway was to stop trying to be clever and start being sincere yeah right, right? Because, like, he kept trying to think his way out of it and being, like, try to outsmart the situation. But it just it just kept happening over and over again. And then when he actually, like, you know, actually had some sort of, like, remorse or humanity about it, it didn't actually, it didn't work. It just delayed the inevitable. But there was a difference. Right, yeah. <laughs> it took longer. Yeah. Well, and it was, it was so interesting because when he comes, you know, he, he, it's like he comes full circle, too. 
you know, by the end, because by the end, he's the only one who remembers what the timeline literally was. And there's that of, great line where um, he was like, because I cannot be trusted, because you can't trust and I cannot be trusted. I thought that was really good. Yeah, you can't trust and I can't trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hiddleston can take just a, a, a very simple line and just, you know, just twist it around and, you know, and wring so much out of it. You know, he originally auditioned for Thor. Huh, yep. interesting. Yeah, they got into some of that in the uh, on the assembled episode. Yeah. He wanted to be Thor, but uh, but they didn't. Uh, they thought he was too scrawny. I think it was right. Well, when you think about Chris you know, Hemsworth by comparison, who is just, mm-hmm. you know one big. But they liked him enough to give him a job anyway. So. Right? It's like yeah. It's like you know what? <laughs> I think I have a different uh, you know part in mind for you. Well, he um, he knew. Um, Kenneth some bra brow like Kenneth Brana Brana I can't remember how you say the last name yeah right. right so that you know obviously director for it right they you know <laughs> that done, and, like right that um, and he drove a Jaguar I'm sure <laughs> they done a Jaguar. Um, Jaguar yeah they done like <clears throat> theater stuff together and so oh yeah that kind of Hiddleston was a uh, you know he is a uh, kind of classically trained uh, Shakespearean actor. Which, you know, makes makes sense because, you know, the original Thor is, you know, the first Thor movie is very much, you know, very Shakespearean. Also, mm-hmm. I do, well, I mean, it was directed by Kenneth Branagh. Right. At that point. Does I'm Mother know thou wears her drinks? If, you, if you're not aware, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh um, has directed thus far the only uncut film adaptation of Hamlet. <laughs> And <clears throat> everyone who is anyone in acting um, or was, I suppose, what got at least some sort of some sort of part in in Hamlet. Dame Judy Dench got a bit part. <laughs> so you know, well, with Jane, Dame Judy Dench, it's like she just shows up and tells you what part she's playing. I mean, well, <laughs> you know, that, that, and that, but that was the thing. Like he, like the the. It was so completely full of so many names that, like, mm-hmm. well, um, where can we put J- Dame Judy Dench? Um, right. um, uh, <laughs> because she shows up and just says, "Hello, well, you're no, casting she actually, me." She plays uh, when when the player king, who was played by Charlton Heston or Carlton Heston, sorry, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Anyhow, you know. That one guy. No, you got it right the first time. Is it Charlton? Yes. Okay. It's a very unusual you, name. Anyhow, right. you know, the player king tells a story about uh, Priam and Hecuba, and Hecuba is played by Judy Dench, and Priam is played by, I can't remember who. Like, now I got to look it up. Like, um, the 1996 film production, I believe, of Hamlet. Yes. Kenneth Branagh. Um, let's see. Billy Crystal plays the grave digger. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Kate Winslet's Ophelia. Yeah. James Judy, Judy Dench plays Hecuba, and John uh, Gilgood plays Priam, who is a name if you know the names. Um, Even Robin Williams was in this shit. Yes. Uh, some, there, there was a, uh, a guy I watch on, on YouTube uh, said of Kenneth Branagh, Branagh has one of the things that pretty much, that, that, every, uh, that every director and producer in Hollywood would give up all of their cocaine to have clout. Like he just, Brad is like, Hey, I'm making a, I'm making a Shakespeare movie. And everyone's like, can I be in it? Yeah. <laughs> That's neither here nor there, but uh, back to, 
Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, another thing I always like to point out is that he and I share a birthday, except he's uh, eight years older than me. <laughs> so Definitely the best, uh, at least in my opinion, the best uh, uh, celebrity birth date that I, that I share, because February 9th just doesn't get very much love. <laughs> uh, so, what else do we have going on there? Um, that we, what, so, the, let me ask you oh, this. What, what, what did you... Actually, he's also pretty good. <laughs> what, what did you think of the decision to kind of have, like, the big climactic spectacle fight stuff in the second to last episode, and then the last episode essentially just be a bunch of conversation. I liked having Daniel Ma. Yeah, because the the because what it, I, don't, I feel like that's one thing we don't get very much of, which is yeah, yeah. All so action. so interesting thing. What was with Mobius's nose? Owen Wilson has a broken Owen, nose. It's Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that comes to mind for me. Well, I mean, it was almost pronounced. I've never seen. Owen Wilson's nose that bad. It's because usually they they clean it up for. They I think clean it up digitally. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think they made it. This is kind of like a um, to use another Battlestar Galactica analogy. This is like Edward James almost saying, "Don't make me pretty. I, I want to look just very, you know, like tired and stuff. I, I don't want to have right. makeup on." And so I think since they're going for this whole like you know, um, overworked, um, obsessed, like you know bureaucrat agent whatever you want to call him like right. they didn't yeah they didn't have the usual stuff to make him look more you know there's less hollywood magic more regular right. as it yeah so yeah the thing that was up with his nose was they that didn't know wilson's nose right <laughs> so i just didn't know if it was a character thing or what because i never noticed that, that, that should have been a spoiler yes owen wilson has a broken nose <laughs> right so, <laughs> so uh I think it is an it is interesting the way they decided to uh, introduce Enchantress as a as a variant Loki instead of just as her own person, right? Because that's who Sylvie was, you know, was based off of. What she was, she right. was Enchantress, who yeah. is you know the uh, the uh, romantic uh, interest of Loki, yeah, in comics. So yeah, one of those um, similar but not the same kind of deals. Yeah. I think it's fitting that he falls in love with himself. Oh, right. by the way, I saw. He falls in love. With, is it falls in love with herself? I, I saw. I saw a great little piece of. Uh, so, oh, somebody, somebody got smart on uh, on interest on Pinterest, and they pre they three D printed off little Loki horns that you could fit onto uh, Crocs. Oh yes, <laughs> right. That's great. I love that. The ultimate um, accessory. <laughs> Who needs tassels when you got Loki horns, bitch? <laughs> Um, so I'll say, okay, so yeah, the hunter I was looking for is B15, not, not B20. Uh, yes, C20 was, was the one that was, that, that was active. C20, doing. uh, that's the one that, uh, no, that was the one that Sylvie, C20 was the one that Sylvie kidnapped. I liked her. No, B15 was the one that, that, that Sylvie kidnapped. You sunk my destroyer. You already made um, that joke. I know. Okay. Uh, so, okay, because I was just looking at the cast. C fifteen was the one that gets that gets abducted at the Renaissance Fair. That's C twenty. No, that's B fifteen. You sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Because I'm looking at the wiki. Because <laughs> so, uh, Wunmi Musaku is Hunter B fifteen, a high ranking hunter of the TVA, determined to stop the variant that has been killing uh, Minutemen troops. Uh, uh, whereas C twenty, uh, Sophie, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, Sasha C20. Lane is Hunter is is Hunter C twenty a TVA Hunter kidnapped and enchanted by Silly to reveal the location of the Timekeepers. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess I'm just completely dang wrong. <laughs> it is it flipped right because I, I 
I liked both of those characters. I loved uh, Sasha Lane, you know, in that because she was a badass. The way she portrayed that that character was just total badass. Also, um, everyone everyone complained about oh, there's all these. In, they, they've got a million Infinity Stones. Uh, you they did point out also that the Infinity Stones don't work when they're removed from their timeline. Right. Um, so. Yeah, yeah that, was, have, I mean, that was kind of the idea is that they're just like laying around like paperweights or whatever. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Nexus events seem to, you know, happen around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there you got you got a bunch of pretty rocks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he gets his hands on the Tesseract and Mobius is like, you tried to use that thing many times. Didn't work, <laughs> did it? No. <laughs> or I think it was obviously. Because they don't work in the TVA. So, like, I, everyone's like, oh, the TVA has a bunch of Infinity Stones, therefore they're super powerful. No, they just don't care about them. Right. It's not what they, like, th- that's not their That's not their deal, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing I liked about it was that at the end of it, Sylvie still did her own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she was not, you know, Loki Prime. And she made a different decision. And that decision changed everything. Yep. Because she hadn't been through what Loki had been through. Because she never would go through what Loki had been through. She went through something completely different. Yeah. But, Good series. I, I, I'm i kind of looking forward to what they do with a season, season two. Because they right? they did, in fact, uh, in the stinger, just say, there's going to be a second season, everybody. Right. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I mean, season one, it was, uh, it was more or less just setting the table, you know. Yeah. Just, like, getting the premise going to really have, you know, all sorts of insanity abound next season. Right. Well, they had to unleash a, unleash a multiverse of madness. Right. Yeah, so I don't know how much tie-in here, but they, they say that it's pretty damn important on the uh, on the behind-the-scenes thing. Like, yeah, the well, a lot of, of Phase 4 is going to... A lot of... A lot of... Uh, a lot of Phase 4 is going to have... Uh, what you call it? Um, Time travel? Connections? Yeah, like, they've been setting up a crap ton of Phase 4 with WandaVision... And some of and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki. Um, yeah, that's true. You got your uh, new cap, and you got the whole like the book. Mm-hmm. The I forgot what it's called, and but the, the Dark the Hold, scary book. Yeah, the Dark Hold and Dark Hold, uh, yes. And in Falcon and Winter Soldier, they're setting up for the Armor Wars. Right. Um, like the TV series are uh, are let's plant let's let's plant the seeds for twelve thousand different um, different. Uh, <clears throat> Properties. Story hooks, yeah. right? So that we can have them pay off whenever we want. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean it's a business model, but yeah, uh, I mean you know it's not a charity; they're in business to make money. So and, I mean uh, I'm I'm I, I much prefer that than the the DC approach of oh shit, we better throw something together last minute. Uh, here you go, vomit. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like yes, please and, by all means keep planting those little seeds so that over time things will actually make sense and have right? a payoff long term. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to to a lot of their other uh a lot of their other TV shows that are coming up. Mm-hmm. What like, else is on the docket anyway? Uh so what if is supposed to be coming actually like next week. Right. I'm not all that yeah. interested in that one. I, I think it could be interesting, depending on how they do, depending on exactly like how they end up doing things. This is like a Marvel Twilight have, Zone, huh? Is it like a Marvel Twilight Zone? So, what if has always has been a has been a comics uh, staple in Marvel for one shots or specials, which is you know, what if um, what, what if, if Spider Man joined the Fantastic Four or 
Well, you know, what I did have one Spider-Man. of those comics growing up. I had, what if Spider-Man kept his extra arm? Yeah. Or uh, there was one, what if yeah. Spider-Man so kept the Captain Essentially, these are all Cosmos. going to be one-off and apparently animated. Yeah. Which I think could be interesting. And uh, Jeffrey White is going to be Uatu, the Watcher. <laughs> because the... Uatu, the Watcher, has always been the person who... who uh, Narrates. <laughs> who, if you, who, if you do... It is kind of like the Twilight Zone, and the Watcher... Um, in the shows, frequently is essentially the Rod Sterling. Right. So who, who's um, playing Watson? Comics. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Right. Uh, I know that name. Uh, to the internet. Best known for his Tony Golden Globe and any winning uh, role as Belize on the Broadway production of Angels in America and uh, the HBO miniseries adaptation. He uh, also starred as okay. Bernard Lowe and Arnold Weber in Westworld. Uh, he's going to be playing Jim Solis. Gordon in Oh, Battle. yeah. I know him from Westworld. Yeah. Oh, and he also too. played the new... Uh, Felix Leitner. The new Felix Leitner in uh, in the new James Bond movie. Yes. Okay. That's... Right. Yeah. I hadn't quite got... I, I skipped that part for some reason. Um, <laughs> and they're going to have Hawkeye. But the things I'm looking forward to... The things Hawkeye that I'm really looking forward, forward to, to are Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. She-Hulk... Looking forward and to that one. Most importantly to me... Moon Knight. Oh God, Moon Knight, Hawkeye, yeah, all, all if you, of those. Because if, if you'll recall, I said three or four Disney, years bro. ago, huh? Disney. This is Disney, though. They're gonna yeah. do Moon Knight. Apparently, how are they gonna do yeah. that justice? Like, That's I don't know. A very good question. But keep in mind, it, it's you know, it, it it could be. Who knows? I'll, what t- I'll tell you where Moon Knight should be. Fucking like HBO or something. Like, know, right? That's where Moon Knight. Isaac, be. by the way, is gonna be playing Moon Knight. Huh. Um and. My, and I just want to, to to point out that three, four-ish years ago on this very podcast, I was talking about, so, he, he, so uh, we, we were talking about, so, you know, so, so what are they going to do in, in uh, you know, what what more things are we going to see with, with, uh, with Marvel? And I was like, man, they're never going to make Moon Knight. <laughs> Eat those words. <laughs> yes. I was flat wrong. <laughs> because, I mean, one... No one knows Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. He is such a he, he is such a like fifth string comics character. Well, to be fair, not many people know Jessica Jones either, and they did that. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's did a great fair. job that with that shit. Fair. You're you're true. You are you are correct in that regard. True that. See, here's the thing: is that like lesser known heroes, at least to like the casual like non comicy person, right? Yeah. Like they're they're not known until they do a good job of it, and then they're known. Like Iron Man was a straight up B lister, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Iron Man isn't like you know he's not uh, he's not like Spider Man or the Fantastic Four or something yeah, like. He was he Iron Man has been real big in the comics for a long time, but he never got a good. Um, like he didn't break through to the broader popular culture. Is that's my point. Yeah. yeah. The same goes for those other characters. Mm-hmm. Right, because, yeah, Moon Knight is one I'd be looking forward to. Um, She-Hulk, I'll, I'm interested to see how they do that. Yeah, um, She-Hulk's going to be fun because She-Hulk is, uh, has uh, has fourth wall awareness. Mm-hmm. That's one and then Miss Marvel. That's one of her standard powers. And, yeah, Miss Marvel, i.e. Um, Kamala Khan. Well, right. see, the She-Hulk thing interests me because I'd like to see like what kind of like genre bending they fit, like because it's like legal drama, like yeah, action. I would love to like... see them do like an Ally McBeal type thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how they play around with that. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. looking forward to it because I think it's going to be interesting stuff. Right. I like I like Miss Marvel. And I like I like Kamala Khan. I like and and She-Hulk and Moon Knight. I'm looking forward to because what? 
Yeah. I, I'm sorry. You're, you're making what? <laughs> well, and I feel like you, you have more flexibility with those characters that aren't quite so like, you know, uh, shall we say iconic right. and known quantities. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, granted, you can still true. take, you know, you can do different takes on really popular characters. Like Batman's a good example of that, where he's been done many different ways, but you mm-hmm. know, it's not as common. Mm-hmm. It does many times, many ways. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, also, Final thoughts, it, gentlemen. Sorry. Um, I just realized we've got a, we kind of gone long. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, why am I so? Oh, right, because it's like we've been going about twenty minutes over our usual time. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I need. I, we do kind of need to cut it off. We we have to think of the of the poor people that are trying to listen to this. Right. <laughs> Thank you for sticking with us so long. Right. Yeah. yeah it, final thoughts. Um. That's time funny. is weird soup. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, it's you know. I I works differently here in the in the TVA. <clears throat> I don't know. It's like I didn't quite know what to expect, so it's kind of hard for me to say like you know it met my expectations or it didn't or it exceeded them. Like because I didn't really know what the hell to expect. I was just like, right. okay, look, it's going to be a Loki based show, and there may be some vague time related things. Oh, um, time shenanigans. <laughs> I think it's just pretty solid. Um, I don't. I guess the only the only other like major criticism aside from my my initial you know thinking they went a little too ham on the zany stuff when he was apprehended um, would be that. I feel like um, Loki is just such a victim of circumstance and trying to keep his head above water with all this crazy shit going on. He doesn't get much time to just be Loki and Loki it up, you know, like the things mm-hmm. that you find most interesting about him. And like when he, you know, does something really clever or funny or whatever, like there's not a, like there's not much room to breathe and him just be at his Loki yeah. So I'm really looking forward to season two in that respect, because like now the table has been set. And he is kind of, you know, although he is a victim of circumstance, he's a more proactive one instead of being like a prisoner, a conscript or whatever, you know? Yeah. Right. So like, I feel like he'll be able to just kind of flex and like be more of the Loki that we love from from the movies. Now, granted, he'll have the character growth and he'll be different person in many ways, but like he'll still be the essence of him will still be there and he'll get to like play around and do cool shit. Exactly. Yeah. So that would be my main gripe is that because of the structure of the show, um, he didn't get a lot of time to just be at his lokiest if that makes any sense yeah he wasn't as clever as we've seen him be in the past yeah um, and he was i mean yeah, he practically got his ass handed to him by regular humans at you know at certain points right uh, you know and that just that did not make all the sense in the world to me um and but you know i think yeah i, I think a lot of this was loki setting up to be loki you know the, the loki that we can the loki that we got to know in um yeah, in Ragnarok. Yeah. Well, they had to they had to get him back to that point because that Loki died. Right. right. Yeah. Doing the heroic sacrifice thing. So yeah, I think that's yeah. going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was our. You know, look at Loki grow. <laughs> yeah, I think they. You know, they they did it in a fairly a fairly believable way. Right. The amount of time that they had to work with. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that they had to deal with was time. But yeah. you know. It's all about time. That's right? kind of meta, isn't it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we got this show about time, but we don't have enough time. Yeah. My, my, I enjoyed what we got, but I was expecting something else, so I was slightly <laughs> disappointed in that regard. Um, but like, I'm not, I'm not complaining. It was just, it was also not what I expected. So it's like, okay, like more cool. of a like Legends of Tomorrow vibe. And so. From the trailer and teaser and stuff, it really made it really looked a lot more like we were going to be getting Loki, Agent of Asgard, mm. 
Yeah. Um, and I was looking forward to that because those are some, that that's some interesting stuff, but instead we got Loki in the TVA, which wasn't what I was expecting. Like, yeah, like I said, I'm not, I'm not upset. It's just, it wasn't what I was expecting. So, right. So it's kind of hard to, to see it on its own merits. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I am not like, it was good. I mm-hmm. liked it. Um, I don't think it's necessary. Like, I don't think any of these, any of the series have really been like rewatchers for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very few, very, like maybe if I decide I want to, maybe, you know, if I decide I want to do like a full Marvel binge, I might rewatch it. But like, I'll say this. I feel like of the three Falcon, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the most rewatchable. Yes, I agree. Like it has the most dynamic moments and best action and stuff. Like <laughs> I feel like that is one you can go back to a little more than you could the other. And they didn't have to try and uh, like they they weren't they weren't like Falcon the Winter Soldier. Also, I think the reason for that is because it had its own it had its own like self contained story mm-hmm. yeah. and wasn't playing set up for set up for something else. And it was actually like setting itself. Being, go yeah. ahead, Ben. It was actually setting itself up for what it was going to become. It was setting itself up for season two. Yeah, but like, and and Loki was doing that too. But Loki also had to had to sprinkle in the timelines breaking, and there's going to be a multiverse now, and uh, and oh yeah, by the way, here's Kang the Conqueror, and all sorts of other things. Whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier just had to set up. Okay, Falcon's now Captain America. Right. <laughs> yeah, it had a lot less to do. Like, yeah, yeah, setting itself up for the next season, but it wasn't. It wasn't plan, like as much as I say this that the TV series are the best place to plant story seeds. Um, at the same time, if you're spe- if you have to spend time planting story seeds, then yeah, it takes away from the it course. Takes away from from the from how well contained the story is, and the fact that Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't have to like only had only had what two things. Two or three, th- like two, two smallish things that were also integral to the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the thing about the the thing about that too is that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier didn't have to be coy about major plot points. I don't think. Yeah, right. The other ones kind of did, but like everybody knows what's up. It's like, yeah, obviously Falcon's going to become Cap. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody already knew that because at the end of Endgame, it's like, try it on. Here it is. It's yours. You know. It was just right. about how he comes to grips with his, you know, destiny or whatever you want to call it, you know, right. calling like everyone knew he was going to be Cab. His they glorious purpose. <laughs> yeah. Burned with glorious purpose. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. I burned with glorious purpose. <sighs> so final thoughts, Ben. Um, like I said, I think it was, I think it was, you know, it was very good for what it was. It was very much, uh, it was very well done navel gazing in a manner of speaking, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Um, I just, I mean, that's, that's the best I can, the, the kind of a high compliment to that, you know, the highest compliment I can give it is it was, it was very much navel gazing, but it was done well enough that you got, you, you dug the character. This was Loki learning to be something different than he was, you know? Well, that's what's so funny about it is there's the sheer scale of it with like time and space and all that stuff. But you're right. At the end of the day, it's just a very intimate navel gazing exercise. <laughs> right. But it's well done. Navel gazing. Right. And I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta say that, you know, the, uh, the director on this, Kate Heron did a masterful job at that. You know? Yeah. So, yeah I mean, you know, to, to, to make it feel like to make the emotional like payoff feel earned in such mm-hmm. a relatively short period of time and have to introduce so many characters like yeah have so much happen like it's really 
really well directed and written stuff most deaf right i mean yeah and it was it was it was a very good psychological and character piece uh because it, it it you know it looked at loki from a lot of different angles and made loki see himself from the outside which was brilliant you know, because after a certain point, like I said, in that one episode, he was just so over himself. <laughs> well, there's also another thing that just a random thought that occurs to me is that um, <clears throat> you spend, and this is kind of, you know, something that can be um, referenced or reflected in, you know, all kinds of different like, mm -hmm. uh, culture and lore and mythology over the, over the years. But the whole concept of if you spend your time pretending to be something else or even straight up turning into something else as Loki does, then you forget who you are. Yeah. Like right. there, there are creatures like that where it's like, Oh, all they do is like they shape shift into different things or whatever. And it's like, then they have no sense of self. And that's part of it where Loki kind of realizes that, you know, he's so busy, you know, deceiving people or pretending to be a thing or actually transforming the different things and all the stuff that he doesn't actually know who the fuck his he is. person is. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like, who the fuck am I? Yeah. <laughs> that is a, yeah. that's a valid point there. So. Well, we will come back with something else at some point. Um, not sure exactly what we're going to be talking about next, but we will talk things about and stuff. It. I've got a we'll few ideas it. I can share. Yeah. We'll come up with something. Uh, in the meantime, this has been Neil. The one true Ben. And... Mike. And we will talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. This is a good episode. I enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, some interesting stuff. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by a letter and a number. The opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If there was interstitial music in this episode, it'll be listed in the doobly-doo. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it in your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow us, etc., etc. Anything that you can do to help boost the signal and work the algorithm to make us more discoverable is appreciated. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. This outro is recorded in advance, and you may never hear it. It kind of depends on whether Neil has time to record a regular outro for an episode or if something gets in the way.